This is Meryl. No, that's unacceptable. Listen, tell Warren if we don't ship by Tuesday, we won't be in the stores by Mother's Day, and that's unacceptable, so don't give me any excuses and do it. Do it, you shut up and get it done! Oh, honey, you broke your phone. It's okay. I carry extras. Be very purposeful as to how you set up your life, or you'll be eaten by the demands. This was said by Dr. Ed Locke, and it's my pleasure to welcome him to the show today. He's a Harvard alumnus with a PhD from Cornell. He's a senior writer with the Ayn Rand Institute and a fellow of the American Psychological Association. And he has so many wonderful tapes on self-esteem, stress and coping, uh, making the effective choices in the study process and setting goals to improve your life and happiness. And welcome to the show, Dr. Locke. Thank you for having me. I want to give you a situation that many moms and probably some dads can relate to. And tell me... How would life planning help reduce the stress? I'm at wit's end. My nerves are absolutely frayed, Dr. Locke. I'm working part-time as a paralegal, and I'm taking an evening course in law. And then I have to take the kids to soccer, to dance, to karate. And on top of that, Mom is always calling me to pick up something or other for her and to take her to her doctor's appointments. And then I've got this friend, Krista. Now, Krista's a good kid. I like her. We've been friends for a long time, but she's always complaining about her kids, and I just don't have the time to talk with her, but I can't tell her no. Then picture this. My husband comes home at night. He's relaxing with his newspaper. He's got a bear in his hand, and he wants sex. Yeah, right. He never helps out. He just thinks that bringing home a paycheck is all that's needed. I'm telling you, Dr. Locke, I am so stressed out that I'm afraid I'm going to go crazy. I'm afraid I'm going off the edge. Now, how could I use some life planning there to help me out? The first thing you need, you would need to, she would need to do is sit down with her husband and said, say to him, I can't live like this. And say, let me go over the things that are driving me slightly insane, and let's together uh, work out a plan for uh, me to... Um, lessen the stress. For example, if the husband is such a great breadwinner, um, maybe the part-time job uh, is not necessary. Maybe the husband could do more around the house, more cooking. Maybe he could sometimes take the kids to activities. So I think that would be the number one thing, to work out a plan uh, with your spouse to um, you know, divide up the labor so your stress is not... So that takes um, breaking a huge pattern because if my husband yeah. hasn't been talking, I mean, if yeah. this is the pattern that's set in and this is what he's come to expect, we right. probably need some counseling to be able to break it's, through It's this. possible if he's not sympathetic and, right. and tell him that, uh, uh, assuming that she loves him, tell him, you know, she really likes sex, but her life is so stressful that she can't... Uh, she, she's just too tense to get in the mood anymore, and that uh, that's uh, causing her additional stress. Uh, that might catch the husband's ear pretty fast. Um, okay, that's a so, so that's, good way to turn things around. So that uh, would be, so she's got to be, you know, assertive in a nice way and say, you know, I can't deal with this. Okay, so I and think... it's affecting everything, and it's affecting our relationship. In a, in a book I recently read, they talked about tipping over the first domino. If she if she invites him to have sex, then that might be 
a good means to um, catch his attention and mm-hmm. to engage his cooperation better. Mm-hmm. And then what about all the other things? I mean, the kids are just booked to the hilt, and mm-hmm. then she's got her mom and she's got her friend calling well, her all the time. what you can do with sometimes with a kid thing is you could, you could share uh, responsibilities with another parent to uh, every other day they would do it and every other day you would do it so parents who, yeah, who have their kids in the same activity so that can often be helpful um, now with friends it's it's a difficult thing because you don't want to hurt your friend but your friend's not really being a good friend <clears throat> in this case by using you as using you as a therapist so <clears throat> I, I think you you have to be proactive in choosing your friends as well as every other part of your life. And if your friends aren't making you happy, then they're not great people to have as friends. So uh, you could start by simply saying, I do value your friendship, but I just don't have the time to deal with this. Um, I'm going to have to cut down the amount of hours we talk a week, and a friend will undoubtedly be hurt. But um, uh, that will be a starting point and it might be it might end up breaking off the friendship or might not <clears throat> depending on uh, uh, the situation but it's, it looks to me like a one-way friendship not like a two-way friendship right and you, even the thought that you had about the friend really needs therapy she could say you know what mm-hmm. this is something I feel like I'm functioning your, as your therapist yes. and I'm not educated enough to do that mm-hmm. I'm thinking if you have therapy and then we could touch base you know, maybe mm-hmm. we can talk for five or ten minutes and mm-hmm. you can catch me up on things mm-hmm. but to put a time limit in it too then yeah. you, th- that may help retain the friendship yeah that's another possibility and and with mom, um, again, I don't, we don't know the details of the mom's income or stuff, but, but I think something you could say is, Mom, I'm just completely overloaded. Could you possibly take a taxi to the doctor? Right, um, or go with a friend if mom's yeah. got a network of friends. Or they now have vans. I think many big yeah. cities just have vans you can call, and they're, they're decent. They don't yeah. look like a, a grimy taxi. So, so you have to really be... Uh, you can't be in a position of being the uh, exploitee mm-hmm. uh, with your own consent here. You have to not sanction what's happening to you and take action to change things, and no one's going to do it for you. You have to do it yourself. Right, so she needs to stand back and look at her entire day or mm-hmm. week and mm-hmm. see how she's spending her time mm-hmm. and start to prioritize what's t- of top value to her. If it's her evening costs and law, then mm-hmm. that may come first. Yeah. If it's some time with her husband, then that may come first. If it's mm-hmm. some time alone, many mm-hmm. women or men in the same situation want some time alone. Mm-hmm. That may come t- at the top. And then you also are breaking all of her problems into two individual bits rather than right. dealing with it all as one lump sum. Right. But um, often you can combine the problems. Like a lot of the problems are things uh, concerning joint uh, responsibilities with her husband. A lot of the problems are of that nature. So even though that's one thing, that actually is five things. Right. You know, cooking and house and kids and uh, right, and maybe they can get a housekeeper. And, maybe and they job, can yeah. hire a kid after school to drive mm-hmm. the kids. Mm-hmm. So if she lets her husband know where she's at, many women don't speak up or, mm-hmm. or husbands in the same situation, and they need to speak up. If the communication breaks yeah. down, then you have a life full of stress. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Locke. This thank is- you for having me. 
And you want to know your own breaking point. With stress, one of the things that I learned um, when I was in graduate school, actually, was that everybody has a breaking point. We can overload ourselves with so many stressors, whether it's the kids, whether it's uh, your in-laws, family, friends, whether you're in school or whether you're working one or two jobs. You can overload yourself so much that you just start to break down. And I knew I was breaking down when I just found myself sitting in a corner in the kitchen and not able to move. And I said, something has to give. And I said, but nothing can give. And then I did something I had never done before. I picked up the phone and I called one of my professors. I was in college at the time in graduate school. And I asked for Um, I asked to take an incomplete. I had never done that. That was not my style. And the person said he fully understood. I had two kids and was, you know, a family. And and that was fine. And I completed it during the summer. And that reduced my stress. So you want to figure out a strategy of how to reduce your stress. You can't do it all. Something's got to give. And it's not you that gives. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner. And it's been great being with you this week on The Rational Basis of Happiness. And see you back again next week. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance by Dr. Ellen Kenner. When it comes to experimenting with intimacy, you should not pressure your partner to sacrifice on your behalf. However, if one partner is saying no to almost everything new, there are two key questions. One, would this partner be willing to suggest creative variations in intimacy that are potentially enjoyable? Two, are the frequent no's a consequence of relationship issues that need to be brought out into the open? We are not condoning prudishness or excessive modesty, which can seriously undermine intimate pleasure. The more inhibited partner would benefit from understanding any anxiety and fears related to intimacy and can learn more about the tenderness, joy, and closeness achieved by by having a good intimate relationship. The less inhibited partner needs to be supportive and encouraging. You can download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com and you can buy the book at amazon.com.